You're listening to the Aim to Win podcast. I'm Wade Thomas, and I believe that every one of you has a wealth of potential just waiting to come out. And I'm here to help you reach that potential. So now, here's the Aim to Win podcast. As you know, it's really a jungle out there when it comes to finding a job. Things are a lot different now than they were, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. A lot of automation, a lot of artificial intelligence, and just getting in a door and getting that job can be a real challenge. So today, I'm bringing on an expert in this area, um, a woman I've had the pleasure of knowing for many years now, Jessica Pierce, the CEO of Career Connectors. And I could introduce you, but I think it sounds much better coming from you. And You have a great story, and I'd really love for you to share that with our audience. Oh, thanks, Wade. Thanks for having me here. I'd love to. Um, so uh, about, it's been a little over 10 years now, but uh, in 2009, when the recession was really at a low, um, my husband and I, um, I was running a small business and my husband was um, working in corporate America, um, were both affected by the economy and jobs. And so I actually uh, had to shut down a staffing firm that I was uh, running at the time. And my husband was laid off three times in six months. And so when all that happened, our world just kind of stopped. We all of a sudden, you know, weren't working. And um, as I was uh, looking around us, a lot of our friends were getting laid off. And it was just a really, really tough time in the economy. And so um, one day I just woke up and I told my husband, I said, I know what I want to do. And he was like, yes, because we need money. (laughs) I said, I am going to volunteer. And he was like, what? (laughs) That doesn't pay the mortgage. And so um, I ended up volunteering. I went to my local church and just said, hey, I I noticed, you know, a lot of my friends are losing jobs and professional, smart people. And uh, can I just have a room in the back of the church on a Monday night? And they said, absolutely. We're getting inundated with phone calls. Um, People don't know what to do. And so I opened up this little networking group, started a meeting once a week. Uh, I was helping people write resumes and then I started bringing in some speakers to talk. And then um, one day it was in October. So a couple months after we launched, um, the church called me and they said, Hey, the TV station is here. There's a radio station here and you have a a huge line around the building. Well, it ended up happening um, that 250 people showed up that day because they heard about uh, one of the companies that we had, um, we had brought in to speak. And so that from that day forward, this program has just continued to grow and expand and realized I needed to turn it into a nonprofit. So we did that in 2011. Um, we had a couple other churches reach out to us and say, hey, I, we love what you're doing down there. Can you come here? And so um, now we're meeting at three venues across the valley, um, Highlands Church, Central Christian Church, and then Grand Canyon University. And we've served just over 37,000 people now in the 10 years we've been doing this. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. 30,000 30, people, um, yeah. you've, changed, you've impacted their lives. You know, I, that story just amazes me every time I hear it. I got to yeah. tell you that. It still amazes me. You know, we were in the middle of losing our, short selling our home, losing our cars, you know, just, it was a crazy time. But I just had a call on my life, I feel like, that I needed to do this. Yeah, so... You know, so you started up in a downturn. You started up in a recession where there were no jobs to be had. And you kind of worked through recovery. And now you're, um, you're in a situation where there's no people to be had. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so tell me a little bit about how has the job market changed and how have people really changed their approach to it? Yeah, so it's t- t- we've seen it right from the recession 
being the worst that it's that we've known um, uh, until now. The economy is great right now, and so the whole um, idea of networking and making friendships and getting and growing your circle like that still is important and it has to happen that way. That's where people get the best jobs. But um, the approach of just taking anything is different nowadays. So back in 2009, people were pretty much like, if there's a job and I can get in, I'm taking that job. Now, because of how the economy has changed and people are working and the unemployment rate is extremely good, it's really good right now, it's very low, um, people are being more um, precise. They know what they want, or um, they're only going to take a position that is um, at least on par with their last position or a promotion or a raise. Uh, and so about, about half the people that attend our program now are working. And they're just kind of looking at what else is out there, what the opportunities are. Where previously in 2009, 10, and 11, almost the whole room were people that were not working. And so we've had to adjust our program to be able to speak to both audiences people that are actively job searching and people that are just trying to figure out, am I doing the right thing? Am I in the right job? And so that's, um, that's how we've had to approach. So we do a lot more on the professional development side than just hardcore job search stuff. So that's, that's fascinating on the, on the professional development side. It's, it is a whole different ball game, right? Yeah. So I know you could probably talk for days on it, but, uh, you know, what quick advice would you have for our listeners? Um, how they should look at that, how they should, when they have, they're in a job, they may or may not be happy about it. Uh, what should they be looking for in that next opportunity or even should they be? Yeah. So one of the things, a story that I use is I um, was at Intel for 10 years and when I was at Intel is when LinkedIn launched. And I remember getting like an invitation to this LinkedIn me social media platform. Didn't know what it was, but you had to have an invite. It wasn't just an open platform. And so I had accepted that invite and um, just kind of messed around with it a little bit, but didn't really utilize it. Didn't know what it was. I left Intel after 10 years there, launched my staffing firm. And what I had realized is in the 10 years I was at Intel, my life was Intel. So my life was, it, it was all kind of protected in a big blue bubble. And so my friends were Intel people. Um, my network was Intel people. Everything I did and knew was in that community. So all of a sudden I'm outside of the bubble and I really kind of didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't have a network. And so the biggest advice I give everyone, no matter if you love your job and you're working in a great job, or if you're kind of looking for what's next is you have to get outside the doors of your company. You have to be looking and talking to people that don't work for the same company as you don't look the same as you that, you know, increasing your awareness to our city, our community, and even outside of Arizona, I'm in Arizona. So even outside of Arizona, wherever you are. And so that's really important for people to understand is so much professional development is truly the networking side of it, because you don't know what you don't know. If you're not, if you're not connecting with people that can talk to you and give you ideas and help you in your career, then you don't even know what's possible. So knowing what's possible is really important. And that is mostly through developing friendships with people. Yeah. So yeah, and you went through this at Intel, right? You were there for 10 years and, you know, head down. And I think that's the case with a lot of people. So where do you start? How do you get involved in networking? How do you get that rolling? Yeah. So I tell people do something 
outside of your work environment that you enjoy. It could be hiking. It could be volunteering. It, pick something. Your kids' sports. Who, who, it, who is in that community? Who are people that you can talk to that are not directly connected to your work? And then invite them. Meet them. Talk to them. Take them for coffee. Um, just start to build those, some of those relationships. Now, not every person you, can, you come in contact with has to be a really good friend. But there's someone that you should be able to talk to um, and build a network with. And then right away, you're connecting with your network on LinkedIn. And if you're comfortable, you're connecting with them on Facebook or Instagram or what other social media platforms you utilize. But I keep saying LinkedIn because that's a professional development one that people will use um, for work associated things. And so the social media platforms, so the way to use those is to continue to build that network. You know, think about all the friends that you might have had from high school or from college or from back in the day. And you didn't know nothing about what they were doing, but you connected with them randomly on social media. And then all of a sudden you feel like you're a little bit a part of their lives. Like you can speak to them and talk to them. And so really that's how you build those networks and that's how networking starts. And so going to coffee with somebody and just be saying, Hey, you know, I've been in this job for a while and I'm just kind of thinking about other things. What do you do? What are some of the things you've done? How has your career moved? So making it about the other person and talking to them, like they're a friend, not a, somebody to go get something from, but they're a friend, then it, it will start to um, help you form some ideas and thoughts in your head about what's next. And when I went from Intel to the staffing firm and then launching the nonprofit, like I just had to show up everywhere. I just had to talk to everybody I could. And I naturally hate networking. I just might laugh. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm, I run the largest job networking group in Arizona and I hate networking. So, you know, and most people do. It's not something most people love to do. But it's really when I change my frame of mindset to it's just making some friends. Like I can talk to people. I can make some friends. Okay, well, let's do that. That's so true. The, um, it's, a, it's really a mindset shift, right? We hear the word networking and you just cringe. You know, you don't want to be that guy. Yeah. That girl, right? Yeah, like and, handing the person the business card and say, here, get me a job, right? Like, no, who wants to be that guy? Or give me a client. Yeah. But, you know, if you're at, you know, a church event or you know, any kind of social activity, you're just meeting people in a friendship environment. Nobody thinks anything bad about that. No. So it really is a great mindset learning there, I think, for everybody. Yeah, and I can't tell you how many people have gotten jobs through a volunteer initiative they've done because they found something they're passionate about and people see them at their best. And so then when an opportunity comes up, that person is thought of like, oh, I think my friend that I was doing this volunteer program with managed projects. Let me, I'll reach out to her. I mean, it just happens randomly. And so, but you, it does happen randomly, but you still have to be, um, you still have to be focused and, you know, picking some things you really enjoy doing. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And, you know, it's interesting, all, all those examples, the volunteering, the coffee, the, you know, all that was very much a in-person face-to-face thing. Yet today with LinkedIn and, and Facebook, you know, there's this perception, I think, that's out there that, you know, so much in the space of networking happens online. And I'm hearing something different from you. Um, yeah, I think, what are your thoughts on that? I think they kind of go hand in hand. And so um, if you're building, if you're networking face-to-face, if, you're, if you have friends face-to-face, you need to be connected to them on social media and all the platforms it, that you'd like to use. 
and LinkedIn definitely being one of those. And so even on the LinkedIn tool, um, you can search for any contacts you have in your phone and it'll say, Hey, they're on LinkedIn. Do you want to connect with them? So that has to happen because then, um, if you're posting stuff or you're connecting with people on LinkedIn, then, um, they can easily refer you to jobs. People can easily find you for jobs. You can find out what companies your friends have worked for, who they have connections to. I remember when I started building my LinkedIn profile after I left Intel and I was showing the example to people of how to use LinkedIn. I had about 500 connections at the time and which to some people might sound like a lot and to others it might sound like none. But at the time I had 500, but that 500 on my first level of connections led me to over a million, 1.5 million people. So wow. it's like, whoa, just 500 people. And I always tell people, get to 500. You know you have 500 people you've worked with in your career or that you know. Get to 500 because that 500 can connect you. If you want a job at, let's say, um, U-Haul. If you want a job at U-Haul, it doesn't matter if you want a job from being a driver to you want a job to be an executive. But in my network, if I go and search U-Haul, I will have connections, whether it be first, second, or third connections. And that's how the social media world, that's how they go together. That's how you know some people directly and you've connected with them, but they can lead you to second and third connections that maybe you probably don't know that they have. Um, and they don't know that you're interested in having those connections. And so it, that's how I think they work together. Um, but face-to-face -face is so important. You cannot neglect that um, because that's where you really share your personality with people, where they build trust and they get to know you. Um, so that cannot be denied. And most great connections come from some type of personal network. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so important, I think, to get that face-to-face -face piece in there. But the technology has really changed a lot. And, you know, so I think about what you said, and you get into those second and third connections at U-Haul. And, and I'm an introvert. And so I, was, I struggle with how do I reach out to somebody on LinkedIn and one of those second or third connections. Um, so it just feels very awkward to me. Yeah, I think it, it, it's, it's uh, I agree. So introverts also, and especially have to network. <laughs> I mean, it just has it. to happen. <laughs> I know, right? But um, so, but an easy way on LinkedIn to make this happen or any social media platforms is if you have a connection that knows somebody at U-Haul, but it may, if it's a personal connection, makes it even better. So my really good friend or my good friend that I did a um, program called Valley Leadership with, she works at U-Haul. And so I, which is why that name popped in my head. And I said, um, Hey, she, and I, and if I needed to talk to somebody at U-Haul. I just reach out to her. She is a personal friend. And so then she would introduce me. Now, if I didn't have her as a personal friend, before she was a first connection, she was a second connection um, because I had another friend that, knew, that I knew before I knew her. And so I would just say to my other friend, um, her name's Ginger, say, Ginger, I am looking to talk to somebody at U-Haul. Um, I see you have a connection there. Would you mind doing the introduction? And then there's just on um, LinkedIn, there's just a messenger piece of it and that th you just put, Ginger would just put my name and Latasha's name in the message and do an introduction. And that's how it happens. And then you take it from there. Um, when I'm asking for an introduction, I usually give them the verbiage because then it makes it super easy, you know? Hey, and I would tell Ginger, hey, um, can you say this to Latasha? Just say, hey, Jessica Pierce is interested in making a connection. 
she's recently going uh, for an interview or is, is looking at this particular position and thought you might have some ideas for her. Like super simple, but at least giving them an idea of what you want to talk about. That's very useful. So that's the LinkedIn and going that way is what I like to call the, um, the backdoor approach, mm-hmm. you know, into a company, right? Yep. Um, there's also what I would call a side door and a, and a front door. I want to sort of ex- explore those with okay. you as well. Um, so the side door is what I, what I think of as the recruiters looking for somebody on LinkedIn. Okay. What can you do in your LinkedIn profile? What are some of the big hitters that you can do to catch the attention of those recruiters? Yeah, so there is a couple um, that really matter. Uh, One of them is getting to 50 connections. I know I said 500, but 50 is the one that LinkedIn reads as your your LinkedIn user. Uh, Having that, having a headline. And so there's a area in LinkedIn where you fill in a headline. Having a headline that says something, not like consultant, not like, you know, owner. I mean, it needs to have some job titles in there and you can do a couple. I think I have like three or four job titles on mine. So you have some job titles that utilize keywords because keywords are really important. Um, have work experience for the last at least five years, but I would say go 10 if you can. Um, those are all really important. And then the other one that's really important that sometimes get, gets missed is having a good photo. And so having no photo is gives um, doesn't help with the LinkedIn algorithm. So you need to have a good photo, um, but or need to have a photo, but it needs to be good, not a selfie. It needs to be something professional, and it needs to look nice and not. You know, I always laugh when I say, "Don't cut yourself out of a photo." Don't, you know, <laughs> it needs to be a headshot, a nice professional headshot. And what happens is, and then also the fifth thing is making sure your profile is full of keywords. So if, you, for example, if you're a project manager then there's a whole bunch of different ways that companies use the word title project manager could be project coordinator, business analyst, it analyst, like there's a whole bunch. And so your profile summary and also experience needs to be loaded up with all kinds of keywords, not just one project manager title because it'll get missed by a lot of companies. And so what happens is if you hit the five, the main keys, and get to what's called all-star status on your profile, then um, you will, when, when a recruiter is going into searching, if, you're fully, if your profile is all-star status, it will jump to the top of the search engine results for that recruiter. Let's say they put the word in project coordinator, and you're one of the people that has a fully, a fully filled out profile and is all-star status, then they will jump to the top of that, those search engine results. And so the idea is to always get in front of recruiters' eyes if you can. So tons of keywords embedded throughout and then being at all-star status. Yeah, it's great advice. And it's, it's really a marketing approach to, it uh, is. to finding a job. And, and that's what it is, right? We are branding ourselves. We are marketing ourselves. This is, it, we have to have a brand and we have to be able to market well. And that just goes right along with networking. Business owners do the same thing. People in sales do the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's a branding strategy is really what it's all about. It is. So going to the front door now, um, you know, my least favorite, but still an important part of the, the whole process. Um, so, you know, since the last time I tried to find a job, they've, they've added a lot of um, filters and bars into the, uh, the technology so that, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but it seems like 99% of resumes are screened out before anybody sees them. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have to get past that? How do you get past the, uh, the robot? Yeah, so um, the applicant tracking systems that companies utilize, 
um, are pretty extensive. Um, some of them are very basic, but some are very extensive and you never know what you're really getting when you submit your resume. So it's really difficult to be able to have a resume for the different applicant tracking systems because you don't know what they're looking for. Um, but we do one of the events that we do um, twice a year, we bring in a panel of resume experts. And so we have this conversation every time. And we have one of the ladies that sits on the panel is actually an expert on the applicant tracking submission side. Um, and then we also have another speaker come out that does that talks about the mechanics of applicant tracking systems. And so what we've been taught is two things. One, um, is around the resume formatting. And so making sure that your resume can be read by applicant tracking systems. And um, people can just do a Google search on what that means, but basically it's no crazy formatting when it comes to underlining italics and bolding and stuff. It needs to be fairly basic um, to be able to get through all applicant tracking systems. And so, and then full of keywords. Those two things are, applicant tracking systems are looking for keywords. So let's go back to the project manager example. It's very similar to LinkedIn. When, it, when your resume is going through an applicant tracking system, if it doesn't have the word project manager or um, construction or whatever the industry is, then it's not going to get looked at by the recruiter. So because recruiters are getting hundreds and thousands of resumes, there's no way they can look at every resume. So the applicant tracking system is supposed to be helping them find the right resumes. And so if your resume has not filled out all the correct keywords and the keywords are based on that job description, then it's never going to get seen. And so it has to be, um, it has to be formatted correctly to be able to get through the applicant tracking system. So that's one thing um, to get through because I call it the black hole. It goes in, yeah. but it never comes back out. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, I don't know who to talk to. So that's one. And then you become a little detective. This is the front door approach. I think you're maybe talking about. So you submit through the front door, but then you have to go do the back door, the side door stuff. You have to become the little detective of, okay, who I just applied. This is my dream job. I hear this all the time. This is my dream job. And I know I'm the one for this job. It was written for me. I hear this all the time. And I'm like, okay, and they go, but I never even heard back from anybody. So my next question is, what did you do? And they're like, well, I waited, you know, I just, it said they'll get back to me. No, that's when the detective work comes in. So let's, I have a friend that um, was very interested in Banner Health. And so she lives in Colorado. So she called me for some advice and I just said, submit your resume. But then as soon as your resume is submitted, you find out that job information, the title, the number, anything you can that they'll tell you. So she did that. And then she hit up her network. She said, who do I know at Banner? She went to LinkedIn. She went to me. She, anyone she went, she went to um, their online job. Um, they had like an online job uh, um, fair through uh, a virtual job fair. And she went to that and she was talking to a recruiter because in those virtual job fairs, there's a recruiter sitting behind that seat and talking to you. So she showed up everywhere she could show up. And that's the approach. Talk, you know, yes, you do what they say, the front door, but then you also hit up everything else you can um, on LinkedIn, um, search where they're at, see what events they're doing. Are they hosting anything? Um, show up to those things. If it's your dream job, then go after it like it's your dream job and you really, really want it. You have to show up for it. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting because I, I hear that over and over again in my own career coaching, you know, early on in a career coaching. 
First thing is, what have you done? I've gone to Indeed. I never yeah. hear anything back. That's what else? Right. It's, it's interesting, the approach of having to go to the side and the front and the back door all at the same time. You know, that's, that's something that people can use and really, you know, apply. Yeah. And I think about like an Indeed. Here's the, I mean, Indeed is great because you can get great information. You can submit your resume. But if that's what you're using, we just have to know that big job boards like that are the last place people, companies pull their resumes from. You know, they're pulling from their own network first. Then they're pulling from their applicant tracking systems. And then they're going to the job boards. And so if you are looking for a job and you're only submitting online on those big job boards, you're actually doing the thing last that they're going to look at. So you've got to do the things they're going to do first and second, um, or you're never going to get touched. Um, probably not ever going to get touched. Yeah, that's, that's so true. So you've given us a lot of really great advice um, today. I'm kind of curious though. You've, you've been through a, a downturn. You've been through uh, an upturn. Um, the lowest, um, you know, the best employment we've ever had. So what's next? <laughs> I write, get my crystal ball out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what a trend that we see is um, right now is um, the gig economy and side gigs, side hustles, um, business ownership, consulting. You know, I remember walking in the door of Intel when I was 24 years old and I actually had to sign an agreement that that would be my only job. And so I think about if an employer made up people do that today, the economy is completely different in 20 years, completely different from when I signed that contract. Um, and so I, now it's almost kind of like, okay, here's your day job, but also what else do you do? And yeah. so people want to own their own employment. They want to be able to know, they don't want to have to depend on a company if they're going to lay them off in six months or a year or not knowing. So they're trying to figure out what's their own thing that they can have. And so um, I think that's a big thing that's coming. Uh, I think also with the insurance debacle, it's really tough to have insurance if you're only on your own. So I know a lot of people are connected to companies still because of that, um, which is great because large companies often provide really, really great insurance. Um, and so those are kind of competing things that are, that are with us right now. Um, but I think in the big picture, people are going to want to be doing stuff that makes an impact. And whether it's a baby boomer that's going, I've worked for 30 or 40 years for the big guy, and I want to do something that matters for me and my family. It doesn't have to pay what it paid before. I just want to do something that matters to the young millennial or Gen Z that's coming out right now um, that is going, I want to make a difference in this world. And so whatever company they join has to be connected to a mission of something they care about. So those are a couple trends. I mean, I wish I knew if the economy was going to tank, you know, next year will be interesting with the presidential election, whatever happens there, you know, that always seems to have something um, to do with the economy. Um, so I don't know. It'll, it'll be an interesting scene, but I hope it doesn't take anytime soon. We're doing a really great job right now. <laughs> yeah. You don't need the extra business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not on that side. That's for sure. Yep, that's right. Well, well, Jessica, I really appreciate you taking your time today. It's um, just so much valuable information uh, for our audience and, and really not just getting a job anymore, but getting the right job. Yeah. And, um, and we're going to go ahead and, and put some, some tips out there in the show notes and, um, so everybody can really use this and apply it in their own situations. And I also want to say I appreciate what you've done in the community over mm -hmm. the last uh, 
10 years. Thank you, Wade. Years, right? Thank you. Yeah, we just hit 10 years. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and your, all your help you've given us as well. Thank you.